Hey guys, Mike Crockett here. Now you've heard me talk about the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. It's where we talk about all pro wrestling podcasts. And I want you to indulge me for a second here as I go on a little experiment. I am doing a new podcast. Well, it's a pilot anyway, a pilot, Jerry, of Putting Over Podcasts, the podcast. It's where I talk to other pro wrestling podcasters about what motivates them, their trials, their tribulations in the world of podcasting. So why don't you take a listen and let me know if you have any feedback. I really appreciate it. Here we go. Putting over podcasts. The podcast. Oscar is the worst rapper. Worse than PN News. He is worse than PN News. (laughs) He is worse than PN News. Can we nominate Oscar? Oscar? Yep. Oscar Quinn. But what about Mo? No, Mo didn't rap. Like, Mabel did a couple of times what and even, it was fun. But what even was Mo in the A waste of the, space. The, but I mean, in the Men on a Mission, if they're supposed to be like a band or something, no, I guess they are, right? They're, they're just men on a mission. I thought they were supposed to be like Run DMC or something. Like, you know. <laughs> Run to McDonald's. <laughs> no, but I mean, they're like a group of rappers, right? So it's like Run DMC. Yeah, there are about seven guys between the three of them, yes. <laughs> in all seriousness. How can I be serious at a time like this? <laughs> That is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Joe Morata, who hosts OVP alongside Michael Quinn, while also producing behind the scenes. Since starting a podcast myself in 2016, I've become fascinated with the other people producing on-demand audio in the pro wrestling genre. Their starts, their struggles, their stories. I'm Mike Crockett, a pro wrestling referee, a podcaster, and a podcast fan, and I'm putting over podcasts. Welcome to our pilot episode. We started the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group last year, and I'm very happy with the community that we've started to build. Joe Morata is not only one of our most active and helpful members, he's also helped me out as moderator while also monitoring his own successful Facebook group. I've been a fan of our vantage point for a while, and Joe and I have become pretty friendly. In fact, it was him that really encouraged me to do this podcast, so it's only fitting that I have him on as the first guest. So, let's get to it. Let's put over our vantage point and its host and producer, Joe Murata. You've been doing our vantage point for a couple years now, right? Yeah, since October of 2016, the fateful month when this show started. Amazing. Now, did you listen to podcasts before you started one? <laughs> Not really. That, that's actually a great question, Mike. I didn't really. I listened to a little bit of a show that's still on. It was maybe the first wrestling podcast called The Smart Wrestling Fan. And I listened to that with Quinn. He would put it on in the car. So like, if we were driving to get food or something, I would get bits and pieces of it. And that show started in 2005. And the last episode I heard was probably from like 2009. And then the only other wrestling podcast or any podcast really that I had listened to was an occasional Steve Austin show. If he had an interview that I was interested in, or maybe JR, the Ross reporter, or whatever it was called at the time. But other than that, no, uh, pretty much no wrestling podcasts whatsoever. Other podcasts though? Not really. In, in all no. honesty, I was very unfamiliar with the whole podcast scene, the whole podcast world. So if you didn't get inspiration from like podcasts per se, where did you get inspiration from to do our vantage point? (laughs) A couple of things. 
One, Quinn was after me for years on and off for years to do a wrestling podcast. And I would always tell him, no, I'm not going to talk about current wrestling. I don't want to talk about wrestling. I just want to watch wrestling. You know, I don't want to have anyone hear us talk about wrestling. So it was Quinn's idea over and over again. And finally, in October 2016, he was going to do a completely unrelated show with a mutual friend of ours, uh, a comedy podcast that was going to be. But they were going to use my equipment. I do, you know, amateur music and stuff like that. So I had a bunch of equipment and I was testing it out with them one Friday night, probably like at midnight. And I was like, you know what? Hold that mic. Let's talk. And we did like five minutes on a Dino Bravo just as a (laughs) test. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just as a test to see if the equipment worked and how they would do this. I was going to have nothing to do with it. And from there, Quinn was like, you know what? We got to do. We got to do a show. We got to do a wrestling podcast. And I was like, fine. But it's got to be about old wrestling so I don't have to watch anything new. And not that I don't like the current product. I, I do watch it sometimes, but I didn't want to watch anything. I didn't want to have to do research. I didn't want to have to take notes. I just wanted to use my memory. So that's how our vantage point was born. And I know that I think when I spoke to you in the past, you talked about uh, sports radio was an influence as well, right? <laughs> it was actually. So I came from the mind frame of I want to do this like what I've heard, which was Mike and the Mad Dog, which was a very popular show for a long time. Hey there, Mikey. Yeah, hello there, Michael. (laughs) Uh, Dog. And, you know, a lot of people might know about it, and I listened to that incessantly from in my teen years until it ended in 2008. And that was my main inspiration as far as having two people talk about something. And and I think in this case, Quinn would be the Mad Dog, and I'd be more like uh, Francesa, (laughs) unfortunately for me. But that was my main influence as far as how to format it, where it's going to be a vibrant back and forth discussion. We'll go on rants occasionally, and it's it's all natural. None of that's uh, premeditated. But my main inspiration as far as a an audible program that you could hear was actually Mike and the Mad Dog radio show, sports radio, believe it or not. So, I mean, you talked about Quinn a bunch. Michael Quinn, your partner on OVP. I know people talk about, you know, how do you find a good co-host? What makes the best co-host? I would think that uh, you'd be in the camp that you want to pick someone that you know quite well, right? You're absolutely right. Mike Quinn and I have known each other since 1999. We went to middle school and high school together. We've been friends ever since 1999. So the chemistry on our show was there from day one because it's our actual real life chemistry. And that is something that I'm very fortunate to have with him. If, if we didn't have that, I cannot say that our show would be as fun as it is for us or for the listener in choosing a, a co-host. Yeah. I think it's important to have someone that you can either develop a chemistry with or that you already have chemistry with. And thankfully Quinn and I really do have the relationship that you hear on the show. That really is how we are uh, when the audio is not rolling, so to speak. So we're very fortunate to have that. And so you guys growing up would watch wrestling together, right? Oh, yeah. We would watch Raw every single Monday for a couple of years straight. And it wasn't during the greatest period. It was 2007 to 2009 or 10. We would watch pretty much every Monday. Uh, We would also talk about wrestling on the school bus, you know, back during the glory days of the Attitude Era, 99, 2000, 2001. You know, we talked about wrestling a lot. We have a lot of the common interests and references and reference points and things of that nature. So we've always had a a common bond involving uh, good and bad wrestling. Yes. So you finally get together and you record the first episode of Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. 
How do you feel about that first episode? Have you listened back to it? I have actually, for curiosity's sake, usually in the midst of like a three beer buzz. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's me and Quinn, but we're not as vibrant because, you know, when you start out, I, I guess a lot of people might be able to relate to this. When you start out, if you haven't done something like this before, you might be more timid about what to say, how to say it. There's a little more sheepishness, for lack of a better term. So it's good. It's natural conversation. None of it was really planned except the topics that we brought to the table. It's definitely a prototype of what the show would later become. But as far as a first episode, it went well enough in our minds that we decided to do another. I think mainly because we just had fun doing it. We didn't know if anyone would ever listen. Were there any mistakes that you made then that you would change if you could do it again? Yeah, I put freaking reverb on our voices for the first four episodes. <laughs> don't ask me why. I uh, for the, that, That's really a real mistake. I don't know why I thought that that sounded good. Uh, I cringe now if I hear any of those early ones where I put reverb uh, I, like I was on a freaking uh, local radio, AM radio or something like that. I don't know what I was going for. In terms of conversation, it, again, it was Quinn and I talking. There's probably a lot more verbal crutches than... There are now that we've learned and developed not to have, you know, the awkward pauses, the ums, the likes, the talking over each other, all things that I think are pretty natural. If you're starting something that you've never done before, you kind of stumble and fall and, and pick yourself up as you go through it. But yeah, the main mistake is that we were we were using cheaper equipment as well at the time. And uh, we were holding, I think Quinn was holding his mic. I can't remember, but the reverb, man, the reverb. <laughs> so you talked about the format of the show and you kind of took inspiration from sports radio a little bit. A little I bit. think the structure of your podcast, not even the format show to show, but the format season to season. You guys have seasons <laughs> yes, on our vantage point. How did this idea come about? That was Quinn's idea and it was a joke. After we were approaching our 10th episode, Quinn was like, what if we make it like a Netflix series where they have like 10 episodes a season? And honestly, the first time when we did episode number 10, it was just a joke that we were calling it the season finale. We weren't going to change the format for episode 11. But after we recorded it, I was like, you know, what? let's let's revamp the format. Let's do some different topics. And it became a recurring thing where now every 10 episodes, we change something at least, or we have anyway. We'll see if we continue to. But that was all Quinn's idea, but it was really a joke that we ran with. I remember being supremely confused when it was the first season finale. I'm like, what, what, you guys are going to be off next week? I don't understand. But yeah, you just came back and it was tweaked a little bit. And yeah, it really keeps things fresh. Thank you. One of the big things about our vantage point, Joe, is the production quality and the editing that uh, fairly intricate what you do with our vantage point. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So one of the things from a stylistic choice is for me to drop in sound clips either relevant to what we're talking about or sometimes if, if Quinn or I make a bad joke or a stupid reference, I'll put in a rim shot or crickets or just these little touches. And it is time consuming, but the way I've looked at it is I'm going to listen to the episode all the way through anyway while I'm editing. So depending on my mood, each show will have like a different style of humor uh, on the post-production end. So that in itself is another layer of humor and comedy. I mean, we are a comedy podcast about wrestling. You know, we do serious discussions sometimes, but I want the show to be funny. And one way to derive humor is from the stuff that I actually put in after the fact. I don't know if I have a specific influence on that. That's just something I decided would be funny to do. I don't know where that came from. I'm definitely not from another podcast because I hadn't listened to any 
anyway. And I don't know where that came from, but it turned into something that people started to really appreciate. So now I'm kind of stuck doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about you didn't think anyone would listen or you didn't know if anyone would listen. Finding an audience. I know very early on you ended up on the Place to Be Nation podcast network. Yes. How did that come about? That And did that help you get an audience early on? It did. It did help. When we started in October of 2016, the initial audience came from Quinn posting our podcast. I think he posted maybe the first 10, 11 episodes in the uh, Squared Circle Reddit just to try to find some kind of footing. Because what the, you know, how the hell do you get an audience unless you got a, a backer or a name behind you? It's, it's hard. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. So Quinn just threw it out there on, on Reddit. And then we started the Twitter, as people do, and posted our episodes there. And uh, there was a little bit of buzz. The big turning point early on it was our seventh episode so not that far in we had scott keith from blogofdoom.com on there and for anyone unfamiliar with scott keith he's an internet wrestling writer and actually at this stage he's been doing this for 20 something years he's somewhat of an influential writer and he used to run a website called ransylvania.com and then the smarks.com and then rspwfaq.com and now it's blog of doom and scott keith is someone that quinn and i when we were teenagers, we read his work. I started reading Scott in 1999. So we, I reached out to Scott Keith, and I asked him if he would love to be a guest on the show. And he was a guest on episode seven. And that generated some buzz for us. And buzz, a relative term, you know, <laughs> a, a, few, a few dozen people maybe, because he would post it on his blog. From there, I reached out to Scott in December, and I asked him if he had a connection to the Place to Be Nation, because I wanted to find a a network where at least we'd have more visibility. And Scott gave me a JT Rosero, great guy, by the way. And JT and Brad Warren and Chad Campbell all agreed to put us on. So we went on in January of 17 and we were kind of simulcasted, syndicated to the place to be. We kept our own feed, but we also went in onto their feed. And uh, we definitely got exposure for the 10 months that we were on there. It was very helpful for us in building an audience. So what are your general thoughts on someone that wants to join a network to try to get more of a foothold on an audience? I think it needs to be worth it. For us, it was because we had, I don't remember the exact number of weekly listens we were getting you know, per new episode at the time, probably a hundred and something at the time. And by the time we came off of Place to Be in October and whatever listeners that were listening on their feed that converted over to us, it it probably tripled our audience, I would say. Maybe even, yeah, probably about tripled by that time. So it was worth it for us because they had been an established presence. It was a network in the sense that they would host a ton of shows and had a, a web presence and, and things of that nature. I don't think it's worth it if the audience of the show joining the network is more or equal to the network. I, I think it could dilute shows to kind of all band together with no real identity. Does that make any sense, Mike? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I think it needs to be worth it. Right. And it was worth it for you for a while, but you ended up leaving earlier this year, right? We left in, I think, October or November. And oh, okay. it was no hard feelings whatsoever. Those are great guys. And I explained to Brad and JT that what we really wanted to do was focus on our own feed, meaning growing our own unique audience our Facebook group at the time was taking off. It's not that we didn't want to be associated with the place to be name. We just didn't want to have ourselves in two places at once. 
I personally and Quintu don't have the time to participate in a lot of the things that Place to Be did, which was kind of guesting on each other's shows and, and doing a lot of group work. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not something that we have time for. And our goal was to grow our own show. I don't want to imply that we used Place to Be Nation. We certainly didn't. We never had intentions of leaving at any specific time. It was just the time to, to go. So we left around October, November. We took however many dedicated listeners there were, went with us and followed us to our, our own feed. And it's been uh, all uh, gravy from there, really. And you talked about the Facebook group. We'll come back to that. Sure. You also talked about Scott Keith uh, being a guest early on and helping you out. Yeah. What about the other guests that you had uh, early on? Well, not quite early on, but Sean Mooney. <laughs> yeah. WWF announcer was on the Our Vantage Point, a special edition of Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. What do you think Sean uh, being a part of the podcast did for you? It did some. Uh, it definitely did something. First of all, it gave me the confidence that I could successfully interview somebody that worked in the wrestling business, Yeah, uh, which I had never done before. And that was, I was kind of nervous, I'll admit it. I don't know if it comes across on the show. That was April of 2017. So it's about a year ago. And uh, we were only about six months into the show. And Sean at the time, which was interesting, had not really done anything really wrestling related. He was on the cusp of doing the, um, the shoot with Charlie Caruso for the unseen matches. He was about to do that and film that. He alluded to it, but he didn't say it by name. But other than that, he had not been a podcast presence because I looked and there were a handful at most of interviews with him since leaving the WWF in, you know, 93. Yeah. So I courted him for a while and we had a little Twitter campaign to get him on the show. And we were able to then send a transcript that I wrote up of that interview to various uh, wrestling sites. I think even uh, Meltzer's site picked up on, I think Meltzer's site took it. I know Wrestling Inc. did. I've heard great feedback about that interview. I personally, I can't be objective about it, but I think it went a long way in terms of giving us some credibility. Like, wow, Sean Mooney, I remember him. And it's right in line with our retro you know, style of our show. So it definitely helped us out to have that under our belt. I don't know what it did in terms of listener volume, but it definitely helped us out. So there have been like a number of different attributes that we can kind of point to in terms of being on a place to be, getting Scott Keith, uh, getting Sean Mooney, and it's kind of added up to a pretty passionate vocal audience that you have there on your Facebook group, the Our Vintage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. Uh, is there any one thing more than others that you can attribute having this, this audience that's really passionate about your show? Yeah, we're nice. We were nice. <laughs> and I know that sound, I don't mean that to sound conceited, but if you look at a lot of wrestling discussion avenues out there, there's a lot of just negativity in a mean spirited way and like getting on people's cases for their opinions on something. And I always say my mantra is I'm not going to argue with anyone except Quinn. I don't care if you like something that I don't or vice versa. We're all there to just share funny things and have fun and just talk about stuff that we remember and some things we wish we didn't. You know, and oh <laughs> it's it's not about proving who's right, whose wee wee is bigger. You know, who cares? It's wrestling from 25, 30 years ago. Just have fun with it. And that's been, you know, we've been calling ourselves the Statue of Liberty of retro wrestling discussion groups. You know, come one, come all. Whether you know a little or a lot, there's no stupid questions. You know, it it's that's the whole idea is that we we have fun with it. We're not doing journalism. We're not <laughs> trying to prove something. It's just a laid back atmosphere. You know, if it was to translate into real life, it'd be like sitting around at the bar, just shooting the shit, having a couple of beers. That's the atmosphere that we've tried to convey in that group. 
and you've done it quite well. And if you want to take a look at the Facebook group, uh, it, I'm, you'll let anyone in, right? If they're listening to this. We will. Absolutely. I mean, you're there, Mike. I certainly am. And I contribute quite often, I should say. You do. So you have this audience and you decided you wanted to give more. So you started up on Patreon, correct? Yeah, we did. That That was a year in. I, I went back and forth. Quinn was in, indifferent. He would have done it one way or another or not done it. We wanted to do a Patreon. I went back and forth on that because I was like, all right, what are, first of all, what the hell are we going to offer to people? And that's my first thought. I don't want to make people pay for something. And one thing that I would advise you know, people that are maybe aspiring to start a Patreon is see if the demand is there. Nothing comes across worse in my mind than starting a Patreon on day zero and expecting people to give you money for hearing your voice. Quinn and I spent a year building our show, and then we put out feelers for probably at least a month in our group. And our group is our fans, obviously, the people that actually listen to the show, asking if we were to do a Patreon, what type of content would you like to see? Because in my mind, let the audience that's going to donate to you be the ones to decide what they want to hear. Who are we? I mean, and really, who are we to say, well, here's this extra stuff, but you have to pay for it. Why is no one paying for it? You know? And so we really, we kept our ear to the ground there for a little bit before actually going forward with it. And we wanted to make it very simple. Obviously, we don't do this for a living. We have full-time jobs and full-time lives outside of wrestling, believe it or not, <laughs> despite what it may have <laughs> despite how it might look on the internet. So we wanted to do stuff that would be basic and simple, but that people would enjoy, you know, additional content. So we have weekly and monthly content and, and a bunch of cool stuff. But really, that was, I agonized over that, not literally, but I agonized over that decision a little bit because I didn't want to come across that now we were in it for the money only. And that's why our main show, you know, an hour and a half, hour 45 every week, is always going to be free. And we just wanted to give people a little extra if they wanted to give to us. Now, did you have any other thoughts when it came to monetization or was it just Patreon all the way? Did you ever think about like, should we do advertising? Like, is this something that you would want to do full time if you had the means? Yeah, if I had the means, I would, Mike. We never wanted, I never wanted the sponsor. I don't know about Quinn. We'd have to ask him. I never wanted the sponsor because it wouldn't be worth it. Why am I going to put an ad on a show and get paid, what, four cents per, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it never made sense to me. I could go the Audible route because anyone can get Audible. I could also just pretend that we're sponsored if we want to sound cool. You know, I could just read <laughs> copy saying this episode sponsored by Audible, you know, by Pep Boys, whatever the hell. But some people I think might do that just to sound legitimate and get a sponsor. I mean, just to sound legitimate. My feeling was, why am I going to put something on my show that's going to annoy people if it's not something that's actually worth the money that it would bring in? And at the level we're at, we're not at sponsorship level anyway. In my mind, maybe you can get a sponsor with the amount of listens we have. I think Patreon's the way to go for the type of show that we do and the type of culture that we've you know made around us. So, I mean, you got the Patreon going, you got the Facebook group going. Where do you see our vantage point growing to? You know, I don't know, Mike. Where, where I'd love to see it growing to is there's templates out there. No one's going to be something to wrestle, despite people that might be aspiring to that. I think that unless Conrad Thompson's involved because he's very successful at what he does, I think that's way too high of a name for anyone aspiring to be there. But I've seen other shows like The Laps Fan and and other long-standing shows that 
put in the work, they do the grind, they put out a quality product that people enjoy. And I would love to see us continue to do this for years and climb at a steady pace where maybe eventually our Patreon helps me pay a bill each month and helps me pay part of my rent or something. I would love to do it full time. Don't get me wrong. I can't say that I see that happening. That's kind of up to the listeners and, and the work that we put in as well. I mean, nothing, if there's one thing I've learned, this does take work. Right. And yeah, like even though like I, I would say a year to, uh, you know, start bringing in some sort of revenue through Patreon, I think that's pretty quick. But as you mentioned, yeah, these people that have been in there for five minutes and are looking to make a quick buck, it just doesn't work that way, especially in this in this venue, uh, you really got to put in the work and people have to see that you're putting in the work and that, that you're going to be around for the long haul to be able to donate to something like that and to be able to believe in a product like our vantage point. Right. I, I totally agree. To me, coming across like you just want to make money. Look, any podcaster, I'm sure many podcasters would love to do this for a living. I think that goes on set. Who wouldn't want to talk about something they love all day? to not have to go out into the world all the time. Everyone would love that, or a lot of people would. Anyway, I've found, you know, and I, I had no preconceived notions that it ain't going to work that way. So I spend the majority of my effort on putting out something for free that people like. And if they like it enough that they want to give us a little buck here and there for more, that's been my mind frame. Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. What do you think is the best thing that you've done? What's the best show you've put out? What's the best thing that you've done? Oh, God. That's that's hard, actually, because... It's all good. Oh, thanks, Mike. It's hard <laughs> for me to be objective because I produce the show and I have to think of ideas and funny things to put in. One of my proudest moments, though, besides getting Sean Mooney, I like the Mooney interview, I really like some of the season finale things that we've done where we've we've had like really dumb things pop up at the end. Like we had Conrad Thompson called in a few episodes ago. We had him on the end of a show making fun of us. We had one, probably one of my favorite bits, was where I got my hands on Bingo Break, which was a show from 1994 with Gorilla Monsoon and Sean Mooney hosting a talk bingo show in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> and I only knew about it because Mooney talked about it in his interview with us. And I happened to get my hands on an episode that had Bobby Heenan when he worked in WCW. So Bobby Gorilla and Sean Mooney on a bingo show. And I got my hands on it. We reviewed it, but we did it in such a way where we live reviewed it as if we didn't know what the hell we were seeing. And I had a bunch of cameos of us calling people. And you were one of them, actually, right? Yes. And uh, a bunch, a couple other podcast hosts and Scott Keith. And then finally, we make the call to Sean Mooney and... He basically says, get a life and hangs up on us. And I just like the idea of us looking stupid in these cliffhangers. I think it's funny to have us be the butt of the joke. But that's probably one of my favorite bits that I've done. I mean, I love personally, Quinn's idea was the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley segment. Uh, we've been doing that since episode like 21. Mount Rushmore was Quinn's idea. And the Death Valley part was my idea where we do four best and four worst. That's probably my... That might be the hook of the show, at least right now. I'm not sure, but I love that stuff too. It's fun. Yeah, that's like, it gets the conversation going, which is great for a podcast. You want to get conversation going after the podcast is over. And especially in the Facebook group, when you talk about the four best of something, the four worst of something, everyone has an opinion and it's like perfect for starting that conversation and getting you through the week to the next Monday's episode. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, that was the, that was the idea. We wanted to get a call to action. You know, let us know what you think. 
Tell us on the group, tweet at us. And I say that in every show because I am promoting engagement. I want people to tell us. I don't care if they think we're wrong. You know, some people get caught up. I don't care. You know, <laughs> I'm not wrong. It's my opinion. That's why it's our vantage point, right? Exactly. So what inspires you to keep on doing this podcasting thing? I love doing it, first and foremost. If I didn't, I would stop. I really love sitting and talking about wrestling with Quinn. It's fun. I love the post-production aspect of it. It is time-consuming. I've gotten it down to a bit of a science right now. I love sitting down here and dropping in stupid sound clips and doing stupid audio tricks and making putting dumb jokes into there. I find it very fun as a hobby. You know, Even if I didn't record the show myself, doing that for someone else would be fun You know, to be a podcast editor or producer. And I love the fact that there are people that enjoy hearing. I never would have thought. But there are people that enjoy hearing Quinn and I talk about wrestling. So the part of the thrill is seeing our show grow, interacting with fans. It's just fun. And it's fun to listen to. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And it's a great podcast. If anyone hasn't heard our Vintage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, go out of your way. It is well worth it. Uh, all, like As you mentioned, all the sound clips, all the editing that you do really like ups the value. It is a tremendous podcast to listen to each and every week. So it's our Vintage Point Mondays, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Joe Murata, this is our pilot episode. Really appreciate you being a part of it, man. No problem, Mike. Thank you so much. I'm glad we got to talk here. If there's uh, any other questions for me, I'm sure the fans out there can feel free to ask, right? Yes, and you are at OVP Podcast on Twitter. Yep. OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That's O! <laughs> VP Podcast at gmail.com, right? That's right. And we also have a YouTube presence, which we throw some exclusive crap on there sometimes. Anywhere you can get wrestling podcasts, anywhere you can get anything, you can find our vantage point. It's usually at OVP Podcast. Thanks again to Joe Murata from Our Vantage Point for letting me put over his podcast. If you're a pro wrestling podcaster and want to be part of a future episode, send me an email, mike at bdaradio.com. And for feedback, I'm at Crocsox on Twitter. That's C-R-O-C-K-S-O-X. Hear me every Monday on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, wherever you get your podcasts, or go to vwpan.com. And be sure to join us in the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group for more wrestling podcast discussion. Thanks for listening. This is Mike Crockett. And join me next time when I'll be putting over podcasts.